Hey y'all, we are heading into the final chapter of the book of 1 Samuel and then we will continue on into 2 Samuel. And this 1 and 2 Samuel were really all one book, one story, but they are, they had scrolls when these were all written out and the scrolls were only so long. So they ran out of room on the first scroll, so they had to move to a second scroll. So therefore we ended up with two books, 1 and 2 Samuel. Like they're laid out like two parts, but they're really one combined story. Um, but that being said, we're going to go ahead and finish the last chapter in the book of First Samuel, the first scroll of this, the Samuel documents in chapter 31, verse 1. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. So remember, the Philistines are attacking Israel. They're, they're attacking the Israelites and David is not involved in this war. He, It's not God's will for him to be a part of this war. So he went back home. So the war is now happening and the Philistines are attacking the Israelites. In verse two, the Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and his troops all died together the same day. So we have Saul passing, and this is the end of Saul. And Saul's story really sets us up for the reign of David. And it also, his story replays the story of humanity. It's the story of us. A man is appointed to rule under God, but chooses to rule in his own ways outside of the design and the ways of God himself. And thus he begins to know evil firsthand and to its fullest extent. He refuses to repent and turn to God in God's ways. And his pride and lack of humility leads to his own death, as well as the death of three of his sons. And it's a it's a good reminder that we, we all sin, we all fall short, we all make mistakes, but being quick to repent is so vital in turning to God and saying, look, I am so sorry. You are God. I am so, so sorry. And really sincerely turning to God in being sincerely humble and knowing God's ways are best. We need to take God seriously because he is God and he is self-sufficient. He's happy to use us in his story. He wants us in his story. He pursues us because he desperately wants relationship with us in our lives, but he doesn't need us. He's God. He's all powerful. He can do everything on his own, but he chooses and wants us to be a part of his story. He is the only one that is fit to rule the world, but he wants us to be a part of his story. And it's so important to be a pe be attentive and to mind who we hear in life and, and who we fear. Who are we listening to and who are we showing proper fear and respect and authority to? Is it God first and foremost, or is it some other thing in our life that is, that is, in the way of God that needs to perhaps be laid down at the altar. In verse 7, 
When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to the to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreth, and they fastened the body to the wall of the city of Bethshan. But when the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bethshan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath Tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. So here they they showed him proper honor and respect as king. Saul was their very first king. Saul was the king that was appointed to lead them. And he was the very first king. And they show that loyalty to Saul as their king. And God rejected Saul because Saul was not repentant. Saul turned to evil. He opposed God and he disobeyed God and he refused to repent and humble himself before God. And David is rising up as the next king over the Israelites and he is trusting God and he obeys God and he fears God and God is protecting him, leading him and guiding him. David is going to make tons of mistakes too. He's human. We all make mistakes. None of us are holy. Only God is holy and pure and righteous. We are made holy and pure and righteous through Jesus and the blood that he shed on the cross to purify our lives so that we can be united with God. There is no other way. We are broken and imperfect. We are imperfect humans who left by our own demise would choose sin every single time. But because of Jesus, we can choose righteousness. We can run from sin. We have the power of God in us to flee temptation and stay far away from sin in our lives and to live for the glory and honor of God and God alone. The first half of Samuel gives us basically a comparison between the lives of David and Saul. And Saul allowed his pride, his anger, his jealousy to drive him literally mad. And he embraced evil and he did not fear or repent or turn to God. He did not obey God. And he focused most of his kingship on trying to find and murder David. He became so jealous and so angry at David that he ended up getting a murderous spirit within him that was literally had one focus and it wasn't on God. It was to murder David. And David shows humility and he's constantly seeking God. He he needed direction. He had to stop and refocus on God when Abigail said, came in and and set him back on the path of God and refocused his his energy back to God when temptation was lurking. And he he but he did. He wanted God first and foremost. And when he makes a mistake, he's he's quick to repent with a true repentant heart and turn back to God. And David is rising to the point of readiness to take that throne as Israel's next king. And we had Jonathan in this story and it's so heartbreaking that Jonathan died at the end of this book. David and Jonathan had a covenant friendship, a true love friendship. They were comrades, buddies, best friends. And Jonathan was similar to John the Baptist in 
his part in embracing the role as being a supporter to the coming king. The coming Lord of Lords, John the Baptist, was preparing the way for Jesus to come to earth to die and save us from ourselves and save us from sin and so that we can have life in abundance for all eternity under God and God's authority. And Jonathan also was supporting David. He's like, no matter what, I support you. And he was supporting David as the upcoming king to the Israelites. Our job in this life is to find our lane under God, submit to God, and fill the lane that God puts us in. It's not about us. It's not about you and me. It's about our role under God's direction and our part in his amazing, glorious, almighty story. Like I said, he wants us to be a part of his story and he wants us to live our lives bringing glory and honor to him in every single thing that we do and say and honoring him in all of our actions, words, in our hearts and being quick to repent when we make those mistakes. Because when we are tempted and fall and we fall to temptation and end up having sin in our lives, we can choose to repent and turn from that and lay it at the foot of the cross and enter through the cross into God's kingdom and his glory for all eternity. We can repent and turn to God and God will forgive us every time he forgives us before we even ask. He loves us so much and he desperately wants that intimate relationship with us for all eternity. So that closes the book of 1 Samuel and we'll continue on tomorrow as we journey into the second scroll of Samuel in 2 Samuel. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a great day.